want to welcome you to the Vision Driven Marriage Podcast, where uncertain and disconnected couples can find encouragement and equipping. We're Doug and Leslie Davis, and in this episode, we sit down with Heather Erdman, author of Unlocking the Mystery of Marriage. Heather brings powerful insight as she calls us to understand God's covenant and to grow in our marriage. Hi, we'd like to welcome Heather Erdman to the Vision Driven Marriage Podcast. Heather and I's paths crossed a couple of months ago at the Kingdom Writers Online Conference and in a collaboration post on Facebook, I saw the title of her book and I knew I had to invite her on to the podcast. Heather is the author of Unlocking the Mystery of Marriage, Loving Your Spouse the Way that Christ Loves the Church. This resource is rich with biblical examples and a thorough explanation of how marriage can reflect the love that Jesus has for us. Welcome, Heather. Hi. Good to be here. It's wonderful to have you. I was so excited when our paths crossed. Oh, oh me too. Definitely. I think it was a God appointment. <laughs> I think so. Yes. And Heather, I, I was really glad to have the opportunity to read your book. I enjoyed it very much. And one of the things that really spoke to me was the chapter where you shared that we are supposed to love our spouse the way Jesus loved the church. How do we apply that to our marriage? Wow. Well, there's just so many practical ways. And that's what got me started in thinking. If our marriages are supposed to represent the gospel and how Jesus loved us as his church, the believers... How does that look in practical terms? And then how could we take those concepts and apply them to our real life marriages here on earth? First of all, he made a binding commitment to us when he made us his own through the promises of his word, that when we come to him in repentance and faith, he promises us we are now his for eternity. So we can trust him because he always has and always will keep his promises. So number one is faithfully. Um, He loves us faithfully. And that should be number one in our marriages, too, that we always keep that promise that we made to one another to be faithfully committed for a lifetime. And he also loves us with grace and forgiveness, which he demonstrated on the cross. Because he forgives us, we're then empowered to forgive our spouses when they sin against us. And he communicates with us. Um, Because he loves us, he does this through his word and prayer. And that shows us that we should develop healthy communication in marriage as well. Um, But I think the most underlying way that he loves us is sacrificially. He puts our needs with our biggest being forgiveness and salvation ahead of all of his. And he demonstrated a servant's heart so much that he laid down his life for us, um, for our good and our salvation. So I think when we demonstrate that kind of sacrificial love with each other in marriage, um, a lot of the other areas are automatically taken care of as well. What has God taught you about himself through your marriage? So much, really. Um, I see what it's like to wholeheartedly love a sinner, myself included. And um, we quickly realized in any relationship how much we've all been affected by the fall. (laughs) Um, But we love our spouses so much that we commit our entire lives to them. And we want what's best for them, just like Jesus did for us. And I've also learned how to forgive and offer grace when my husband offends me, how to communicate respectfully most of the time, (laughs) (laughs) and how to biblically submit to his um, God-given leadership in our home. Um, When we both fulfill our roles the way God intended, 
for a husband and wife, things just go more smoothly yeah. in general. So, yeah, they really do. And one of the other things that that really impressed me was the the discussion about the difference between a covenant and a contract and how the concept of a covenant really affects and applies to the way a marriage is strengthened. Could you speak to how a covenant relationship is so important in a marriage? Oh, yes. Well, we all make contracts on different levels throughout our lives. Like when we sign papers for a mortgage loan with the bank or fill out new employee paperwork for a job or even hire a roofer for our home. But contracts are more of agreements between two parties and um, they both have a responsibility to uphold them, but they can be nullified if one or more parties breaks their end of the agreement. And they're not usually lifetime commitments either. So covenants are similar to contracts, but they have some important differences. A covenant is usually a divine agreement made between humans and God. He's made covenants um, with his people almost from the beginning of time, and we see them throughout the Bible. The most important covenant that we rely on today is the new covenant we have with him through our faith in Christ. So when we trust him as our Lord and Savior, he promises forgiveness of sins and eternal salvation. Covenants are not to be broken, and God holds us accountable when mm-hmm. we do. And I think it's the God part of the agreement is what really sets them mm-hmm. apart from contracts. And that's also what makes marriage so special and binding is when we take our vows, we're doing it be- before mm-hmm. God and people. We make a lifetime promise to be faithful to our spouses. And even non-Christians make this promise to one another in whatever um, marriage ceremony they choose to use. And God still holds them accountable mm-hmm. for their promises because marriage itself was designed by him to represent the gospel in our relationship yes. between him and the church. So when people sometimes say, I don't need a piece of paper to love each, you know, to love one another or to be committed to one another, they really don't understand the vows and the covenant behind that piece of paper. And, you know, I, I hear that a lot too. And one of the things that, that's just a joy for me is being able to explain the difference as you just did between a covenant and a contract, because, you know, it's just a promise. I'll do what I said I promised to do because I said I would. And it's the way God interacts with us. I loved how you reminded me of every time I see a rainbow, it's God's promise because you, you pointed out that there's always a promise and then there's an event and then there's a symbol that God right. gives with those covenants. And, you know, in our marriage, that symbol of the wedding ring, of the promise that we've made. I'll do what I said I would do because I said I would. And so we start with that kind of communication. But I know Leslie's got a question about communication. How can couples enhance their communication and why is that important? Well, I was thinking about our relationship with Christ in every area. And it dawned on me that communication is such a huge part of our marriage. And it's it's been an area that we've struggled with and we know that. So we um, take that into account, <laughs> but God communicates with us too in his word and through prayer. So I examined how Jesus communicated with the father um, when he would taught the disciples to pray using the Lord's prayer. And I went through each aspect, including addressing him with respect. Like G- when Jesus says, hallowed be thy name. And respect in general is just so foundational mm-hmm. in healthy communication between anyone, but especially in married couples. And then a concept we've always used in our marriage is to never name call or insult the person mm-hmm. in any way. Right. We can disagree with ideas and concepts and suggestions, but never attack the person for who they are. And this has saved many heartaches over the years because words really hurt. And once they're said, they can't be taken back. Mm-hmm. And 
Then also another important um, aspect of communication is Jesus always put the Father's will ahead of his own, even in his prayers. So I think considering what the other person is saying and wanting or needing is vital in healthy communication too, not just communicating to get your point across. But then he asked the Father for his daily bread. So I think it's also important to let the other person know what you need from them as well. Um, as much as we sometimes wish, neither of us is a mind reader. And so we need to communicate and let them know what we need rather than just hoping they figure it out on their own or getting upset when they don't. So I think a healthy respect and a give and take of ideas and wants and needs definitely goes a long way in good communication in marriage. Oh, absolutely. I know we had early on the no name calling rule. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was it was vital with my children too. And mm -hmm. I think some of it was just in teasing, but it was still, it could still undermine yes. a good communication progress if you know, if we started name calling each other, right. you know, it makes you know, the it, person defensive right away. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're also right. Once you say something, you can't really take it back. It's like trying to put toothpaste back in the tube. It just yeah, doesn't it just work. Doesn't work. And so what would you say to a couple who says, well, we've been struggling in our marriage for a while. What kind of advice could you give to them? Oh, that's such a great and yet difficult question. Um, every situation is unique, of course. So I can only give general concepts that would help make a marriage more biblical and healthier. But one thing I think can be extremely beneficial is seeing a certified biblical counselor. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about any Christian counselor who sometimes mixes um secular psychology in with biblical um, verses and things, but there's an actual class of training that's certified to use the text of the Bible to, use, to address all areas of relational, emotional, and other problems that we all deal with in a simple world. And I went through some of the training myself and it's excellent. That said, if I were to offer advice um, to any struggling couple, I would also be, um, one of the first things I would do is to seek the Lord in fervent prayer for your marriage. Because he really wants it to succeed because that's what he created it to glorify him and showcase the gospel. And if only one of you is a Christian, then praying for the other's salvation is first and foremost. Mm -hmm. It's hard to have a biblical marriage when one partner doesn't have the Holy Spirit yes. to empower them to do so. And I would also enlist the prayer support of any trusted Christian friends or family. And I don't mean telling them all the gory details, but right. even just asking for prayer in general for your relationship, because there's a real spiritual battle for our marriages and Satan doesn't want God glorified through them. So we need to be continually going to God for his help and keeping them strong. Many people view marriage as an outdated institution. How would you address that trend? Um, that really goes back to covenants and what we talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. God's been making covenants with people since he created us, and they still apply today. Look at the covenant, like um, Doug said earlier that I pointed out he made with Noah, that whenever we see a rainbow, we know that he promised to never flood the entire earth again. It's an agreement made thousands of years ago, but we still see evidence of it today. And also the picture that marriage represents of our relationship with Christ and the church, mm -hmm. that's timeless. So, of course, non-Christians won't necessarily agree with it or understand it, but at least we can say why we believe what we do and why a marriage covenant is so important to us. I know that in our relationship, one of the things that really helped us was when we started praying together regularly. Mm -hmm. You know, we prayed 
a lot, but praying together is something that a lot of couples struggle with. They've expressed that to Leslie in the counseling office. They've talked to me, you know, when they come to see the pastors that we've struggled to pray together. So what advice would you give a couple who really wants to pray together on how they could start to do that in a more meaningful way? Oh, honestly, that's a, it's a hard one for me, but it's a great question. Um, Cause we're not super great at praying in front of each other ourselves. Um, but I fully believe in the power of prayer and we do pray for each other in our own quiet times and throughout the day. Uh, one way that we started a habit of praying for each other is just asking each other, you know, is there anything that you want me to pray mm. for you? Um, and that also opens the door of communication because the other person, you know, by saying what they need is sharing their heart so that you can better support them all around, not just in prayer, but in practical ways. And that's just an easy way to start praying. Um, for each other. But another way to pray together, if you're nervous at first, is to use like a couple's prayer book or even find a psalm that fits your needs mm -hmm. and pray that aloud with each other. Because praying God's word is always a good way to structure your prayer. Yes. He'll always honor his word. Yeah, absolutely. I know when we were first married, we didn't pray together very often, right. um, except maybe over meals. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But it wasn't, uh, it wasn't too long before we started praying together all the time. Yeah, it's very precious, very precious habit in our marriage. Doug and I want to break in right here in the middle of this episode and tell you about a very special free resource that we've created for you. We know that most couples don't know how to begin a journey to spiritual intimacy. Some couples are just trying to stay on the journey to physical intimacy. Praying together is one of the most rewarding disciplines of spiritual intimacy. It's the cornerstone and can deepen your love for your spouse and your commitment to your marriage. And that strengthens emotional and physical intimacy. It's also one of the hardest to actually be disciplined at. You know, things come up, excuses bear weight, time gets away from us. That's why we developed this brief guide to praying with your spouse. It includes how to overcome common barriers and seven things to consider. Just as there are many reasons why it's difficult to pray together, there are equally as many ways to push through the barriers and incorporate a habit that will draw the two of you close to God and closer to each other. We know firsthand, and we're living proof that spiritual intimacy can be developed by praying with each other. To get this free guide called Praying With Your Spouse, A Brief Guide, just follow the link below. Well, uh, what is your most encouraging Bible verse or your favorite marriage scripture? Well, that's an easy one. Um, it would definitely have to be Ephesians 5, 31 and 32. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. And not only was that um, passage a part of our own wedding ceremony, it's also the premise for my book. Um, as I reread this passage once again, it dawned on me that the two becoming one in marriage is so much more significant yes. than just two people falling in love and sharing a lifetime of moments together. There's an eternal significance, and marriage is meant to represent the gospel and Christ's love for us. Mm -hmm. So like God does throughout the Bible, he uses real-life situations to illustrate spiritual truths, and like things like the Exodus and the journey to the promised land, picturing our own redemption and salvation. And the Passover lamb representing Jesus. I realized that earthly marriage is one of those amazing pictures that God uses to teach us more about our relationship with him. Mm. And that oneness between a husband and wife symbolizes the intimacy we share with Christ as his bride, the church. 
So I asked myself about the ways that Christ loves and relates to us and thought, how can we live out those aspects in our relationships here on earth as well? And that's what I detailed throughout the book. Oh, I loved reading your book and I'm so glad that you put it out. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Um, I want to make mention that Heather just released a newly available resource. Um, It's an easy to use Bible study guide that lets you dig deep into God's word, one passage and one week at a time. It's called a week in the word. Heather, where can we reach you, connect with you and find these new resources? Uh, Definitely. Um, My website is goodportionpromises.com. And that's based on the story of Mary and Martha, where Mary chose the good portion, which was sitting and listening to Jesus. And I want to help busy Christians overcome the hecticness of daily life and focus more on Jesus. You can sign up there at um, my website for email updates, and I'll be updated. The Bible study guide should be coming out very soon. And then um, there's also several free resources, including a guide to better communication in marriage that you can download for free. And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Good Portion Promises. And all of those links I will put in the show notes of this episode. So you can just go right there and click right on through. So wonderful. Heather, thank you for joining us today. I am so thankful that you did. And Heather, we're we're so glad to have you with us today because it's so nice to hear a heart that's in tune with what God's drawn our heart to about marriage. Thank you so much for being a part of the Vision Driven Marriage Podcast today. And I would like to pray for you and pray with you uh, before we're done today. So let's let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you have a plan and a purpose for us and that you have a plan and a purpose for our marriages. Lord, we're grateful that you say that we, the church, are your bride and that Christ is the bridegroom and you show us what it looks like to love a bride to love the bridegroom the way you've called us to. And so, Lord God, I pray that as you continue to teach us what love looks like, that we would love our spouse in a way that honors you, in a way that not only draws us closer to them, but in a way that draws us closer to you. I pray that as you continue to teach us and continue to let us grow in the truth of your word and in the blessings that you intend for us as a married couple, that you would, would be glorified, that you'd be exalted by the way we live, and that we would be able to face the cares of this life so much more bravely because you've given us one another, but most of all, because you've given us a relationship with you through Jesus Christ. Mm. Thank you for the time today with Heather. Thank you for blessing her to not only write this book, but to share with us today. And I pray that as you continue to bless her ministry, that you would use her so that other couples can hear through what she shares and be drawn closer to you as well. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Heather. Thank you.